All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Rangers have reached the all-star break and now have the next two weeks off as they sit with the record of 30, 13, and 4, which is tied for first with the Carolina Hurricanes in the Metropolitan Division. Step Boy Steven is back once again for this week's episode, and we'll give our thoughts on the first half of the season for the Rangers, as well as what we want to see get better in the second half. Steven, thanks for joining again. How are you? Good, good. Um, you know, I'm flying to New York in, in exactly four weeks from now, so I'm, I'm doing a countdown already. Nice. Yeah, that, that, that'll be exciting. Uh, you're going to some games, I, I'd assume, I'd imagine. Yeah, so I'm flying in on Saturday, what's that, March 5th, I think. Um, and then Monday, I fly through to Minnesota. Mm. Uh, and then I watch the Rangers in, uh, play on the road against the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Nice, nice. All right, so then, you have that to look then, forward to. Yeah, and then after that, because uh, my fiance is a huge baseball fan, so we're going to rent a car from St. Louis and then drive back north to Iowa to go to Dyersville, where they have the Field of Dreams movie set. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, while, I'm in, while I'm in Iowa, I might as well go to an Iowa Wild game and a Dubuque Fighting Saints game. You know, So it's going to be uh, four hockey games in, in a six-day trip. That's awesome. Nice. It's jam-packed then, with loads of fun, I'd say. And then I fly back to New York, I think that's Sunday. And I fly back from New York to Dublin, the, uh, not the next day, but the following Monday. So I'll be in New York for another week after that. Nice. All right. So um, I guess we'll kick, we'll kick things off with the podcast here. So I want to summarize the Rangers' first half in six words or less. I'll, I'll go first. Give you some time to think about it. You probably have it already, but I'll just say, I'll just say great record. Kreider's awesome. Fix 5v5. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with uh, elite goaltending, elite power play, so it's forwards. <laughs> and then um, uh, everything else is still in progress. So 5v5 is still in progress. It's, uh, it's getting better, you know, and... Um, you and I have talked several times throughout the season and you know mm-hmm. that I'm very outspoken about how terrible the Rangers have been five on five. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. We've been calling you, you called this out for, for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. How, and, and this is something that you notice if you, if you haven't noticed it before, it's easy to, to figure out what's going wrong with the Rangers. When you watch the Rangers, Try to time the number of seconds the Rangers keep possession when they cross the blue line into the offensive zone. Right. And it's one of those. It's it's like it's it's those games where it's just so frustrating to watch. That's yeah. those are the games where they suck at, at offense yeah. Um, yeah. at even strength because they never have the puck. They're always in their own zone or they're barely in the neutral zone or anything. If they're exactly. in the offensive zone, it's just dumping and they just going for a line change. And you, you can tell the games where we're struggling, the games where we don't get the points are usually the games where the power play is not converting. Mm-hmm. Um, so this team is carried by an elite power play. Chris Kreider's 17 power play goals are the most by a Ranger ever after 47 games. Uh, the second highest, I think, is Bill Cook with 15. Kreider's 33 goals after 47 games is also a record. He ties Bill Cook and I think Vic Hatfield for 33 goals after 47 games. So Kreider is having a career year, as we all know. 
But like I said, it has been getting better. The team has been playing better 5v5. And the game against the Florida Panthers, you saw glimpses of what they could do. But what really stood out to me was the game, the recent game against the Seattle Kraken. Yes, um, yes. That was especially, a huge disappointment. Especially that, well, early on, especially early that on. goal by Alexi Lafreniere. You know, that was the first time that I can remember the Rangers were able to build sustained pressure in the zone. Yes, you're right. That that entire shift was that, very, very good. It was actually two shift. shifts. It was two yeah. shifts. There was there was um I forget who was on first, but it was a line change mm-hmm. and Zabanajad's line came on with Lafamir yeah. and Kreider. Yeah. And but it was it was like at least it had to be at least 30 to 45 seconds of, of sustained yeah. pressure in the offensive zone. And that is exactly what we want to see. But yeah, exactly. exactly. Because that's how you capitalize on your, on your opponent being tired, especially in the second period where you have the long change, mm-hmm. you have to skate all the way back to your side of the ice to go for a line change. It's a little easier to do in the, in the second period, but this is where so many teams capitalize in the, in the playoffs. When you get to overtime in the playoffs, there's there's no three on three for five minutes. No, it's five on five. First goal wins. But the first period in overtime, you have the long change. And you need this kind of play. You need this kind of performance where you put pressure on your opponent. And like I said at the beginning, if you time the the seconds of possession the Rangers have when they skate into, into the offensive zone, it's usually between five and 10 seconds. And then they either get a shot off or they lose the puck. But when you watch the other teams, it's like 15, 20, 25 seconds where they get a rebound, you know, they circle the puck. They, they have time to set up an offense. And, and I saw that happening against the Seattle Kraken. I saw it happening against the Minnesota Wild, even though we lost that game. There were still positives from that game. And the Florida Panthers uh, game where they won 5-3, that was they went a little bit back to what they usually were carried by. You know, they scored three power play goals, which is great. But I think the last couple of weeks, the Rangers have really solidified the way they play. And to me, it's no surprise that it happens that it coincides with Patrick Nemeth being out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, he's dealing with some personal issues. So I think and, I hope, you know, and, 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 you know, that's terrible. And, yeah. and I, I hope he figures it out and I hope he gets through this. But the Rangers are a better team without him. And, and you know, it's not a terrible thing to say that. It's just an observation. Um, and, you know, the Rangers need to build on this. And now they have a two-week break, so they're sending Zach Jones back to Hartford to get some game time. They're keeping Braden Schneider on the team, which I was surprised by because, you know, why not give him a couple of games in Hartford instead of having him sit for two weeks? But, you know, that's that's just a minor thing. I think that just goes to show how highly they view the organization yeah, yeah. views him. And, like and, they view him as yeah. starting it. I mean, he he's earned it. I I think so. I think he's played yeah. out. He's played outstanding. But yeah. to me, Jones has played really well too. Actually, like I mean, I was checking his his game score, some of his analytics. I mean, some of them were a little. I mean, they're not what I thought they would be. But I just see him all over the ice, like in the offensive zone, defensive zone. He makes some good plays. I, I like what I see from him, and I think he's got a good future ahead of him. Yeah, and and you know what, and, and and there was some talk about the whole the whole JT Miller trade rumors, and I don't think the Rangers are trading any of their three young defensemen. I think the Rangers, and and this is because of the salary cap. You know, we we keep going on and on about this, but it is an issue. The Rangers are already up against the cap. They have Carco and Lafreniere and Miller 
all being RFAs either this summer or next summer, at some point, something's got to get, someone has to, has to be moved out, you know, to free up cap space. And I still think Jacob Truba is, is even though he's like having a great season, I think Jacob Truba is mm -hmm. still the all man out because you're not going to trade Kreider with the way he's playing now. It's, I think, I think Kreider is going to retire a Ranger and, by the time he retires, he will be top five in games played and goals. He'll be top 10 in points. He's going to be, I'm not going to say a lock, but he's going to be in the conversation to get his number retired with mm. or without a cup. That's how instrumental he has been to the Rangers. At the end of his contract, he will have been a Ranger for 15 years, the same tenure as Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, he's just got to keep playing the way he's been playing this year. If he could play yeah. like that for the rest of his contract extension, that is a well – that's a damn good contract. Yeah. That's well and worth the money that we gave him. And I had my problems with that. I was very critical of that. This I was, saying, I was saying that that was the contract the Rangers should have gave Buchnevich and they should have moved on from Kreider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember saying that, but I mean, he's proven me wrong. And you know what? In the long run, it. that still might be the right the right move. That still Buch may have been the right move. Yeah, keep Buchnevich um, instead of Kreider. Because Kreider's having a career year. I'm really happy for him. And, you know, I'm, I'm as excited as anyone to see him be in the conversation to break Jager's goal record of 54. Yeah, he's, that's insane. Like, that's he's, awesome. on for, he's on pace for 57, and we're at the All-Star break. So at the start of the season, I was always, like, not mocking, but I was joking about it with tweets, you know? like Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember Chris, that. Chris Kreider is now on pace for, for 64 goals, and I was like, he's not going to get 64 goals. Yeah, yeah, but he, he just hasn't stopped scoring. We are over halfway. You know, we've played 47 out of 82 games. We're at the All-Star break, and he's still on pace for 57 goals. He's also on pace for 27 power play goals. The franchise record in a single season is also Jager with 24. So Kreider is doing something that that puts him ahead of Truba. If you have to choose between Kreider and Truba, if Kreider had a normal season, I would have kept Truba. But the way Kreider is playing, and if Kreider for the remainder of his contract scores 24 goals a season, puts up 45 points a season, and I have to give credit to Hockey Stat Mining here because he, you know, calculated everything. If he puts up 24 goals and 40, 45 points a season on average for the remainder of his contract. He will be top five in games played and goals and top 10 in points. I think he would rank seventh all time in points as a Ranger. That's insane. That That's just shows insane. you how, how, how high up he is in all these categories. Mm -hmm. I think he would lead the Rangers in power play goals all time at that stage. If he, yeah. if he, keeps, if he keeps this up, but look uh, to circle back, the Rangers is going to have to make a decision. I think it's going to be true, but it's, that's out. Um, How are you going to move that contract, though? He's got the, the no trade clause. Uh, no trade. No, no move clause expires in 2024. Then it turns into a limited no trade clause where you can block a trade to, I think, 15 teams. So that leaves you with half the league can trade him to. So you'd have to wait until 2024. However, I, I think that trade's going to happen a, a year early. I think that trade's going to happen in 2023. And let me explain why. Okay. A no-move a no clause is not always about staying in, the, in, in one place. It's, sometimes it's about dictating where you go next. If mm -hmm. Truba, Truba knows his no-move clause expires in 2024, so if he wants to dictate where he goes next, let, let's just say he wants to go to Dallas. Let's say Dallas is his preferred destination, and the Dallas Stars have the cap space to make the move. They have the assets they want to give up for it. 
even if there's a better offer from, let's say, I don't know, uh, let's say there's a better offer from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, no, so sorry, that's where you came from. <laughs> Calgary, Calgary Flames, you know, I just, I'm just naming a random team. Okay. By like a year before his no move clause expires, he can dictate to go in this scenario to Dallas by saying, I will only waive my no move clause to go to Dallas. And the Rangers are then given an option to trade him away. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but that's how a scenario could play out. Players waive their no trade clause more than, than, than fans realize. And Truba has said some things in post-game press conferences about, about Braden Schneider. Yeah, it was tongue-in-cheek, but there is some truth to it, where he says, you know, this guy, this guy is going to take my job in a few years. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Like he's like we have the direct replacement for Trouba already. Exactly. Theoretically, exactly. he's he keeps playing the same way he's been playing. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and this is why I think they're not going to trade any of their top three young defensemen. They might trade a guy like Matthew Robertson, mm-hmm. but the Vancouver Canucks wanting Braden Schneider or Zach Jones or Nils Lundqvist is like the Ranger fans expecting Mikhail Sergachev, Anthony Sorelli, or Braden Point when they traded away McDonough. <laughs> hey, I was in that, I was in that boat. I, I thought we were getting, I thought, we and, were getting. you know, it's, it's a perfectly reasonable assumption for a fan of another team to expect that kind of return, because those are usually the prospects, you know, how many yeah. Vancouver fans, know about uh they probably know about matthew robertson because he plays in the whl so if vancouver canucks fans follow junior hockey in their region then they know about matthew robertson but what about what about like a, a reunion yeah i mean how how many vancouver canucks fans know about tarmo reunion that tarmo reunion even exists you know how many vancouver canucks fans even know about will cooley or brett Berard or you know it's the same with ranger fans focusing on on the top prospects because no ranger fan was 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 zoning in on brett howden or libra hayek no yeah that's what i was gonna say that like uh hayek, I, re- I remember when the trade was version of hayek, or their I remember, version of hayek. yeah i remember when the trade was announced and i think it was rick carpinello who first announced it and he misspelled howden's name and called him brett holden and apparently there's a there's a player called brett holden in like like uh, like Canadian college or something. And Ranger fans were freaking out because we were getting this player that isn't even in the AHL yet. So yeah, Vancouver Canucks fans wanting Schneider or Lundqvist or Jones. Yeah, I get it, but it's just not going to happen. Drury didn't want to trade them for Jack Eichel. He's not going to give them up for JT Miller only has one year left on his contract. I think what's worse is Vancouver fans asking for Lafreniere. You know what I say? I say, all right, yeah, you're going to give us Pedersen then. And that, that basically is just me saying, no, screw Mm -hmm. off. Like I'm not, I am not trading Lafreniere to you unless you give me, unless you give me Horvat, Besser, JT Miller, or, uh, or or Pedersen. Connor Connor Garland. Garland. Yeah. You got, you got to give, you got to give me something good, back you know what i mean yeah. we just drafted this kid first overall in other words no hang up hang up the phone look and and this is this always happens if the minnesota wild are linked to jt miller then vancouver canucks fans will ask for matthew boldy and marco rossi because <laughs> those are the prospects they know it's not their fault it's just you know most fans only know that if if they know any prospects 
they usually know only the top prospects because those are the prospects that are, you know, nobody writes stories about, about, um, you know, Adam Edstrom. Oh yeah. Except for me when I interview them, but other than that, there's, (laughs) there's never a story about these fifth, sixth, seventh round picks anywhere. And it's the same with, with, with Vancouver prospects, you know, can you name a Vancouver Canucks prospect that was drafted outside the, the, the first or second round? No, 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 exactly. So if the <laughs> Vancouver Canucks, or, or let's say if, if the New Jersey Devils are interested in Mika Zibanejad, or no, let, let's not say Mika Zibanejad, if the Vancouver Canucks are interested in Ryan Lindgren, which okay. prospects, what are the first prospects that pop in your head when I say New Jersey Devils? New Jersey? Yeah. It's, 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 I'm not saying that we're trading someone to New Jersey because that would never happen, but first prospects you think of when I say New Jersey Devils, Alexander Holtz, top 10 pick. Dawson Mercer. Mercer, you know? yeah, Mercer. Because he, he's on the team. Uh, Shakir uh, Muhammadulin because I was gonna a, I was gonna say that, but like no, I don't want that. <laughs> no, but 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 those are the names that you think of, you know. And we can we can do this exercise with other teams too. And you're you're probably going to name the three prospects that I have in my head as as you know the most the most well known prospects of that team. It's just a natural reaction, and you know Sabres fans were expecting a haul for for Jack Eichel and they didn't get it why why would the Vancouver Canucks I think they got some nice players yeah but like not not ex- not at all what they w- wanted they wanted like, Lafreniere they wanted Kako Shesterkin and I'm like over we were here talking like, about Adam Fox yeah Fox yeah you're not getting Fox come on you have a better um, chance of selling your team to like I don't even know to me than you getting Adam Fox as Ranger fans, we should all chip in and buy the Buffalo Sabres and put them in Brooklyn or something. Yeah, yeah. And Greg and Ryan bought a billboard there. I mean, they yeah. could shell out money. Exactly, exactly. We'll make something happen. But, you know, the point is fans always expect the most and they always end up disappointed. Aside from the fact that the Rangers don't really have the cap space to keep JT Miller past this season, it just, it's not, they're not going to get the haul they're expecting. If the Rangers trade for JT Miller, I'd expect it to be something like Philip Hedo, Vitaly Krafts up in a first. I'd be okay with giving that up, but I mean, it's only, you, you only have him for the rest of this year and all of next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you, but then it, it, you're saying, you're saying you don't want to keep Strom then because you're not going to be able to keep all your well, guys. That's the thing. That's the thing. And here's, here's my, my quandary with this. Is the price you're giving up for JT Miller? Uh, sorry, let me rephrase. Is the upgrade from Strom to JT Miller worth the price it takes to acquire him? No. 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 Not if, worth it. Keep if strong. I'm Chris Drury, and this, this is going to hurt because there's going to be a Bush Nevis reference in a couple of seconds. If Drury is going to make a move that, that makes his team better, he should go after a guy like after Vancouver Connor Garland, who is a winger. He's a goal scorer. Unfortunately, he's going to cost more than what we got for Butchnevich. So we are basically changing Butchnevich into Garland while giving up assets for it. Mm. And that's it. Why is Garland a better player? I don't know. Butchnevich is on pace for I think eighty points a season. Yeah, he's like point per game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right around there. But 
and and I'm not saying we should have kept Butchnevich. I think we should we should have maybe kept him for a year and trade him at the deadline, like we did with Kevin Hayes. So you get a yeah, first round pick yeah, and a prospect. Yeah. They should have found a way to. I mean, Hayes probably was pissed off that he got a one year deal too, but. Uh, yeah, well, but players don't don't always have a choice, you know. Yeah. So they can go to arbitration, and then they get something in arbitration. You offer them a million more, and you sign them for one year. Arbitration deal is going to be a year too. Although they changed the rules now. Once, once, once the arbitration date is set, I think they're not allowed to uh, to negotiate anymore. Anyway, I don't think the Rangers are going to go after JT Miller. It's going to be interesting what they're going to do with the deadline. Um, but I don't want to see. I don't think I don't want any moves. The only moves I want to see. Just move Nemeth's contract out, maybe. Look, there, there's Eat two types out of if moves. you have to. There's two types of moves that I'm okay with. And it's it's either if you're going to acquire a rental, it has to be a middle six guy. So you don't give up a first round pick or a top prospect. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give up a first round pick or a top prospect, it better be for a guy that's under contract for several years at a yeah. team friendly deal. It's not going to happen, but if you can, if you can get someone like Rope Hintz of the Dallas Stars, who's under contract for three point one million this year and next year, that's the type of player where I would go. Okay, I would give up Brandon Othman, Nils Lundqvist, a first round pick, and then another asset. To make it happen. Okay. For like, That's the, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, for, like, I'm not saying Rupert Hintz specifically. I'm just saying that type of player, a young player that still has room for improvement, but is already a contributor that's on a team friendly deal past this season. Under contract. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested in signing rentals if they are costing more than a second round pick. Like Kessel, um, if it's like just a second rounder for Kessel, would you do if it? You, if you can get Kessel for a second round pick and a and a and an okay prospect like Hunter Skinner or something, yeah, then yeah, go for it. You know, yeah, that's the deadline deal. Even even a non-contending team should make. You know, we're a playoff team. We're not a contender yet. You know, we are going to make the playoffs for the first time in five years. This team is gonna get their feet wet. They're gonna learn from this experience. If they win a round, that's a bonus. I, I consider that gravy. But making the playoffs, if they can stay in the if they if they go out in the first round, but they stay in it until game seven, I consider that a success this season. Mm-hmm. Because it is their first playoff. I, I don't count the qualifying round because there were 24 teams in it. Sorry, doesn't count. Yep. You know, best of five. yeah, you know, sorry. That a best of five with with teams nine to twenty-four. Sorry, that doesn't count as playoffs to me. We have not made the playoffs since 2017. This is the first time we're going to make it. It's going to be a good experience, and we're going to build on that. 2023, we're going to go for a deep run, and then 2024, we're going to – I'm not going to say we're going to win a cup in 2024, but 2024 is where, for me, the, the window opens to win a cup. That's where we start becoming contenders. If you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't go from – from missing the playoffs to winning a cup. In the salary cap era, no team has gone from missing the playoffs to winning a cup in one season. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's yeah. It just doesn't happen. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about you know the cup this year or no. next year. The Rangers and are it, on track. I just want to yeah. see Kako Lafreniere develop. 
yeah, it shouldn't be the goal to go for the cup. But if you're going to acquire a player, you know, I, I would look, I'd look for an upgrade for Heal. You know, try to upgrade. Yeah, Hill. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, one, I wanted to ask. One, sorry, there's one player that that I would low key love. I said low key. Sorry, that I would low key love to acquire. It's Warren Fogel of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got he's got some upside there. I, I like he's, him. He's he's like Barkley Goudreau, but younger, with like a little bit more offense. And he scores in tight games. You know, he scores when you need it the most. That's the perfect guy to have on the third line. Mm-hmm. But yes, I agree with you. Kako and Lafreniere should be in the top six. No excuses. Right. We're five, six of the way there to getting getting the combos that we want. All we need is Kako just to come back from injury. Yeah. It That's only it. took Gallant four months, but yeah, we're getting there. We're, okay. So I'm thinking Gallant's going to, Gallant, Gallant, however you want to say it, is going to stick with his guys for the rest of the season. Just And I'm going to go back to that quote that he said um, when Goudreau and Hunt came back from the COVID list. He said, he said, um, they're tough lineup decisions, but they're common sense decisions. I know my team, we've been together almost 40 games now. So if those guys are ready to come in, they're going to play. So I say like guys like Jones are going to, are going to take a back seat. Unfortunately, when I, I hope, I hope this isn't the case. Like when Nemeth comes back, I think he's going to slot him back in there. Look, NHL coaches have blind spots like everyone else. and. I don't even blame coaches because, and if you compare this to your own job, right? Let's say you're in a management position and you have to evaluate, let's say you have 20 people that report to you and you have to evaluate all 20. Are you going to evaluate all 20 people the same way? No, because you had personal conversations with them. There's connections there. There are likes, there are dislikes, even subconsciously. You know, I've I've worked for companies like, Microsoft, where they have a huge focus on what they call uh, unconscious bias. And it's just something that's really difficult to figure out. And an NHL coach is no different. An NHL coach has favorites and he might not even realize it. That's just what happens. When you are personally involved with players, you're going to have preferences. And it's going to be a lot harder for a coach to see bad performances the way we see them if let's say i'm not saying this is the case but let's say gallant and dryden hunt get along really well maybe they have something in common they have something you know like a similar background or whatever i don't know you know maybe they've they've experienced the same thing and it came up in a conversation you're going to gravitate towards that towards that person more than the new guy that you haven't had any conversations with yet it's it's human it's human nature it's normal it's normal behavior you uh but for us as fans, we have no personal connection to any of these players. So when we see Dryden Hunt play terrible, we are wondering why is this guy still in the lineup? Because why, no, why, sorry, why is he still in the top six? Because he hasn't shown anything in weeks. It's easy for us to say because we are not in the room with these people. And I think as fans, sometimes we forget that. We all say that Dryden Hunt has dirt on the organization or that Libor Hayek has dirt on the organization. And, That's and, why. Those, are, and those are like the fun responses, like oh, Libor Hayek must have some, some naked pictures of Chris Drury or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, just, that's the fans' way of dealing with it. But it's, that's just, it's just the way it is. It's just human nature. You're going to have preferences. If you are a teacher, you know, at any grade level, doesn't matter, you're going to have kids in your class that you that you tolerate more than others. 
you know, um, even on a personal level, if you go out with your, with your, with your extended family or with your wife's family for dinner, there's going to be people that you get along with. If you go to a restaurant, there's going to be people you want to sit next to, and there's going to be people that you want to sit away from, you know, it's, it's, it's human nature. It's normal. But for us as fans, we just look, we just look at them as, as, you know, they're just a player, you know, and they're like mm -hmm. number 29 and they're not playing well. So I want to see this other guy that in my opinion is playing better. I want to see him in a bigger role. And it's easy mm -hmm. for us to say, but you know, we don't know what's going on during practice. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. We don't know what's going on when they review games, you know, when they have these video sessions, who knows? You know, it's 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 difficult to, uh, to to put your finger on it to uh, to get a to get a pulse. Um, but you know, the Rangers are having a really good season. Are they are they performing above expectations? Hell yes. Does their does their record uh, does their record uh, what's the hide, word hide flaws? No, do, does their record. Um, uh, represent the way they play? Not really. No. I mean, they're they're overperforming. I think they have ten wins too many for the way they've sure. played. Sure. I think with the way we've played, we we are still a playoff team. But Igor Shostorkin has stolen some games. Our power play has dragged us through some terrible show uh, showings. We are ahead of the Penguins and the Capitals, which is going to, you know, we're behind the Hurricanes, then the Capitals and Penguins. Those are going to be the four Metro teams in the playoffs. So those are going to be two of those three other teams you're going to face in the playoffs if you make it to the second round. Yep. And yep. that's where the that's where the latter half of the of the season will be very interesting because we haven't played that many games against those three teams yet. And we've we've had we've had our games against the Columbus Blue Jackets and the New Jersey Devils, and we played the Islanders a couple of times. But the Capitals, we played I think opening night. Have we played them since? No, nope. I don't know. No, the Penguins. I, I don't I think we played them at all this year. Maybe once. Yeah, maybe once. And we played the Hurricanes twice. So those games will be a really good indicator of what we can expect in the playoffs. But yeah, I want Drury to make some moves at the deadline. I just don't want them to, I just don't want Drury to make contender moves. This team right, is right, not right, in a position right. where you give up first round picks and top prospects. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not at the cup yet. We're not there yet. We're not. And the Rangers made a move for Keith Yandel in 2015. That was a good move. Yes. Um, yeah, Very we good. didn't win, we didn't win a cup and Ellen Vigneault did not use him the right way. But if you can get Keith Yandel for two playoff runs and you give up a first, a second, Anthony Duclair and John Moore, that's that's a good deal to make. That's a very you know? good trade. It's a it's a great trade. I know Duclair, I know people are pissed off that Duclair is is a good player, but look how long it took him to finally get to this point. I mean, he's so good now, but it took him a long time. He had to bounce around to a lot, a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. He went to he went to the Coyotes, went to the Blue Jackets, to the Blackhawks, to the Senators, and now to the Panthers. He may have had other teams in there too, but it just took him so long to get. I love Duclair. I thought he was, he would be a great player, but you know, I I think I think that Yandel trade I do it ten times out of ten again. And I mean, it just I I don't I don't like the way that Vigneault used um, Yandel the second year. 
he still almost had 50 points, which is crazy. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, to, to move on to. So after, after talking about all this, the deadline talk, I'm concerned about like the salary cap, like you said, uh, Steven, about, um, you know, keeping Strom, re-signing, re-signing Kevin Rooney is what I'm kind of like worried about. I don't know if you, if you heard that. Yeah. Look, um, I, Ryan Reeves getting that one-year extension uh, worried me a little bit at the time because yeah, the guy's what, 36? Yep. And you're signing him for $1.75 million for a fourth liner. That's steep. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I love Kevin Rooney. I'm low-key. He's low-key one of my favorite Rangers on this oh, team. Oh, yeah, I like, I like him a lot, too. I'm just worried about how much money he's going to ask for now. I love Kevin Rooney to death, but he should not make more than $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. I would say he shouldn't even make more than $1.5. Your fourth line in total should not, should not cost more than $5 million. And oh, that's, for, sure. that, that's already steep for a fourth line. That's only three players. Um. You can counter that by having some entry-level contracts on your third line, like Morgan Barron, maybe. Um, yes, yes. But, look, if your top six is Kreider, Zibanejad, Lafreniere, Panarin, Strom, Kako, and then next year you go with Othman, Goudreau, Barron. That's good. That's, uh, that's two entry-level contracts on there then I don't mind paying a little bit to, to, to hold on to Rooney with your fourth line being Hunt, Rooney, Reeves. It would probably mean Gauthier is gone. Gauthier is gone. Yeah, you'd have to. Um, and, you know, I'm, I like Gauthier. I'm, I'm not a, not a yeah. huge fan of Gauthier, but I'll, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. It's just not enough. You know, he's doing everything right except scoring. I know every time. Oh my gosh. I love the way he skates and stuff, but he's got no move. He he sucks on breakaways. He's just terrible. No, he, he does. He does everything well on breakaways except shooting the puck. Yeah. I mean, the way he skates towards the net is, is amazing. The way he skates behind the net, he draws more penalties than anyone on this team. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need to, I need like a counter on how many times he's drawn a penalty since he's joined the Rangers. It's, it's, so many so many so many penalties he, he's drawn yeah it's it's pretty crazy i love the way he skates around defenders he always yeah. uses his body he uses his speed I, i'd say like he's the one guy that isn't afraid to crash the net hard on this team we don't have another guy like that and that's why i like it that he's he's a versatile player like you could use him in that kind of situation yeah yeah and and it's unfortunate that it hasn't really come out yet um with him the off the, the the production is what we're looking for. Everything, he, literally everything except put the puck in the back of the net. Yes, it basically right. does everything else. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, I'd be upset if they got rid of him, but you know, it, it's probably going to happen eventually. Okay, so okay, so a, a quick explanation on how these stats are calculated. You know, you can go with penalties drawn, penalties taken. I like to go with penalties per sixty because it it takes time on ice into account. Mm-hmm. 
So you have penalties drawn and penalties taken. And then if you combine those, you get a net penalty per 60. Anything above zero is positive. It means you're drawing more penalties than you take. Anything minus means you take more penalties than you draw. Okay. Since Gautier joined the Rangers in 2019, 2020, his net penalty per 60 is 0.72. Second highest on the Rangers is Mika Zibanejad, 0.40. Wow. So his net penalty per 60 is almost double the guy in the second place. That's insane. Yeah. See, I, I, I knew that he, he's, draw, he's drawn so many, always mm-hmm. in the offensive zone. Yeah. Then there's, then there's Zibanejad in second with 0.40, Panarin in third with 0.37, then surprisingly, Nils Lundqvist in fourth with 0.34. That's that's um, crazy. Kevin Rooney, uh, 0.33. Um, by the way, Nils Lundqvist has not taken a penalty this season. No penalties for a defenseman. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. There's no hooking. There's no there. You know, there's 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 no interference. There's no holding penalty. No nothing. Nothing. Zero penalty minutes. I, I know some people. Love penalty minutes as a positive stat. It really isn't. No. If a defenseman has zero penalty minutes, it means he's disciplined. That's a good thing. That's a, yeah. that's a great thing. You don't see it too often. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you the link so you can so you can look into it after this. I feel it's like just, they should they should keep Gauthier almost as like their designated penalty draw because the team's so potent on the power play. You need a you need to get power plays so like. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're down yeah. late in a game, throw Gauthier out there and give him the puck, and because you know, he, he will draw one. Yeah, he, yeah. he will. He will. He yeah. always gets tripped up in the offensive zone. They 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 hack his feet. They pull him down. They do everything they can to stop that man from getting to the net, and he yeah. draws the penalties. Yeah, yeah. The only two players that have played significant games in that same span who who've drawn more penalties are Brandon Lemieux and Brandon Smith, but. Those guys have a lot of offsetting penalties, you know, like roughing or fighting majors. And it doesn't really differentiate between major and minor penalties. So that's why I, that's why I go with net penalties per 60, because it takes taken and drawn penalties into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 0. 0.72 is, uh, it's, like I said, it's it's almost double what Zibanejad has in second place. So, mm-hmm. All uh, right, last thing I want to get into before we wrap it up. Um, yeah. What would you like to see the Rangers improve at in the second half? I know we talked about five V five. I cannot say five on five. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try to think of something else. Uh, face offs. Maybe I, don't, I have no idea. Face. I uh, think, Oh, you know what it is? You know what it is? I think they need to be quicker with making puck decisions. Like, because when, when we played Florida in the first period, they ragdolled us. They were all over mm-hmm. us in that first period. The game completely changed. It, it completely turned around. Like I love the way we played in the second and see. third period. I want to see more complete performance in the second half, 60-minute performance. And I I want want the Rangers to move the puck quicker because I can't tell you how many times we turn the puck over, we make Mm. one pass, and then the play just explodes. The puck's just off our stick, out of the zone. It's not not in our possession anymore. I don't like seeing that. If we can get a full 60-minute performance once in a while, that would be nice. Yes, yes. The thing I'm going to go with, and maybe you've noticed this too, but again, zone entries, right? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. When the Rangers try to enter the zone, why does the opponent always make it seem impossible by, by, you know, shutting us down and clogging up the neutral zone? 
But when our opponents are trying to enter the zone, it's like Moses parting the Red Sea. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. And that's how I feel. That's if how we can I feel. Improve, it's like, if we can like improve that. Brick wall when we're trying to, yeah. to run through a brick wall when we're you know, trying to, to get into the zone. If we can improve that, that'll go a long way. Because, yeah, possession is nice, but you need you need to be better in possession to retain possession. If they get better at entering the zone, that's going to solve a lot of their problems because they'll be able to build sustained pressure. They'll be able to tire out their opponents, which over the course of a game helps you win the game because at the end of the game, your players are not as tired as the opponent's players are. So if you have a race for the puck, your player is going to win that race. Entering the zone makes all the difference. And do you remember the press conference that Kreider had uh, where they were talking about Shostorkin? Shostorkin's ability to play the puck and how he's Kreider said he has better hands and is a better passer than I am. I don't remember that, but oh, yeah, okay. I'm sure he it was, said. I, it was, I think it was last week um, or earlier this week even. Um, this is another thing with the Rangers, you know, the whole dump and chase. If you want to dump the puck, dump it in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, put a little bit less force behind it and dump it and try to almost like golf, you know, or like snooker. If you want to, if you watch snooker, I, where, I've never watched, no, or, or like pool, you know, you want to put your white ball behind your own ball. So it's tougher for the opponent to, to play. The Rangers need to put the puck in the corner where the goalie cannot get it. Mm-hmm. And then when you have a race for the puck, then you have a better chance at retrieving it. Because if you shoot it too hard into the corner, it ricochets behind. Rattles the, around, yeah. Rattles around. The goalie can can uh, can stop the puck, uh, you know, uh, and and leave and leave it for a defenseman. That's that's one of the reasons our dumpings are terrible. Yeah, we're we're very bad at that, honestly. Like but, but, we have no speed. It's like we we're yeah. skating in quicksand. Yeah, we're trying. Oh, to that, that, that's another thing. Every prospect that enters the league is skating like 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 Michelle Kwan, or or you know Nancy Kerrigan, or what's the one? The other one. Uh, With these, the one, that, the, one, the one that got suspended. Figure skaters. Yeah, Tanya Harding. There you go. Um, you know, they, they skate like the wind. And then we have players coming up. And it's like you said, it's like they're skating in quicksand. I don't know what it is. I really don't know. But at some point, it, it, they, they need to figure it out. But you asked me for one thing. So I'm going to stick to my to my first point. The Rangers improve their ability to enter the zone. That's going to solve a lot of their problems. Yeah, that'll help big time with 5v5. Yeah. That's that's the thing. It's like we can't even get started. It's like they they it's like all right, yeah, the puck's in the offense. Oh, we, we're not even close to get like the guy is a country yeah. mile ahead of the, the mm-hmm. next closest guy in blue. And it's just like, no, we're not gonna get this puck here. Yeah. And when we do enter the zone, we either get a shot off where the goalie makes a glove save, so the play's dead. Yeah, that doesn't matter if you can't win the face or or we get a shot off and and we turn the puck over because the rebound doesn't go our way or we miss the net or, or it gets blocked or it gets blocked. This team needs to this team needs to give themselves time to settle in in the offensive zone more. 
Yeah. It's it's too run and gun. It's too much off the rush. Yeah, for me, for me, okay, so I agree with you. So zone entries, zone entries, and and stop making boneheaded decisions. Like it's make like, better it, decisions yeah, and make them faster too. It's like the football equivalent of of always going long and then hoping for the best. Yeah. yeah. Or or in baseball to never have a base hit but only rely on home runs. To get your to get your runs oh, in, that is frustrating, man. It's just a whole bunch of strikeouts. Oh my exactly. god! No, exactly. And then and then every every time you 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 know every time you get a home run, everyone's excited. Same with a power play goal. Everyone's excited you get a power play goal, but it 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 hides your deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Like this, uh, I mentioned it on a different podcast the other day. The um, Devin Hester on the Chicago Bears. Yes. Yes. How many problems did that guy mask with his kick returns? How many games did the Bears win because of Devin Hester? Probably a bunch. Probably like five, six, maybe seven. I don't know. Games that they shouldn't have won. Games that they shouldn't have won. It doesn't even matter that like uh, like maybe on his returns, like he didn't get a touchdown. He probably gave them good field position. Yeah, no. If you get a a run back for 50 yards, you know. That's that's great field position. You got to get a field goal at least Uh there. I think on the, on the touchback, they put it on the 25 yard line now. So now it's the 25. Yeah. Yeah. So you gain 25 yards just by the return. That's, that's the two, two first downs that your quarterback doesn't have to, doesn't have to get, you know? Right. Um, and, and it just, it just hides the problems that, that the bears had on offense for so many years. And this Rangers team, their elite goaltending and their elite power play, as exciting as it is to watch, because every time Shostorkin makes one of those classic saves, I, I get excited. Oh yeah, of course. Like I, I mean, I I'm, I feel I feel confident with yeah. him there, but I'm just yeah. like, all right, now we gotta we gotta bail this guy out because he's standing on his head. Exactly. I'm always worried about the exactly. offense. And, Whenever and- we score one goal, I'm always like, get back in there and get another one right now. One is not enough. Uh, apparently the last week two wasn't enough either because we had oh, two yeah, goal leads in three enough. games in a row. Two goal lead is the worst lead in hockey. It is. No, it really is. Um, Just that's the my, Maple Leafs. One of my friends said, uh, uh, what better way to honor Henrik Lundqvist by giving up a two goal lead on the night you retire his number? <laughs> Unbelievable. Not even and the goalie's fault. It's not the goalie's fault, but, you know, um, yeah, like yeah, you know, this team is winning games that they should be winning. This team is losing games they should be losing, but in between there, they are winning a lot of games where where the odds don't favor them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the LA the the Kings game. I mean, that could have gone either way. Yeah, honestly, I'm so happy we pulled that one out. Fox with that beauty backhander, mm-hmm. and it took a Rangers fan. Yeah. It took a Rangers. I said this. I tweeted this. It took a Rangers fan to beat Jonathan Quick on a breakaway to win a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, imagine this team in 2014 with Adam Fox on defense and Artemi Panarin oh. on offense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Replace Richard's contract with those two contracts. Oh, uh, how beautiful would that have been? Anyway, oh my God! Yeah, um, we would have won the cup. I'm excited when the Rangers win, but I'm also realistic enough to to see that it's not built on on like quality hockey all the time yeah like th- that game against seattle i mean i i was happy keandre miller scored the goal 
but I was very pissed off that they that we allowed it to get to such a position we, where we, we gave to... up another two goal lead. Yeah. 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 No, that we gave up the lead late. Yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, we, we gave up a two goal lead three games in a row. Yep. And the only reason we didn't give up a two-goal lead against the Panthers is because the Panthers scored the second goal of the game. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but we, play, they, we played so much better against the Panthers. Like, that mm-hmm. was the best uh, even-strength performance I've seen from them yeah. all season from the Rangers. And they frustrated True. the hell out of the Panthers. Like, they were taking bad penalties. They were yelling at the refs. Like, you could see on their body their body language, it was just mm. not working for them. And but, it was like, yeah, this team is done. Like, they're, they're not in it right now. But the Panthers went through something the Rangers went through back in November when they played in Chicago and then traveled to New York to, follow, to play the following day. And they mm. played the Colorado Avalanche, and they got smoked, like, what was it, 7-2 or something, or 7-3? Oh, the Rangers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Florida Panthers went through something similar. They played the night before in Columbus. All right. And yeah. Well, I mean, they they lit up the Blue Jackets. They scored eight goals. Lundell had five assists. Um, and then you late you fly from Columbus back uh, back to New York late, and then you play an opponent that that didn't play the, the night before. That's not on the tail end of a back to back. Yeah, it is going to affect the game a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, I I thought Florida, I was still happy with the performance. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Florida definitely came out the better team, though. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. The beginning. Yeah. But I I don't I mean I I agree. Like I don't want to say that's an excuse because it's not an excuse. It's a it's actually a pretty valid reason to say why your performance isn't up to standards. But I mean, I feel like a really good team will, you know, overcome that. And like Florida was kind of close to doing that. They were yeah. actually pretty close that oh no they were they were but look i'm i'm not i'm not cons- if, if the rangers can and this is like super hypothetical but if the rangers can get to the conference finals i think they're gonna make the final too because none of the teams in the atlantic division scare me you Tampa have bay the, is definitely not as scary as Tampa bay is not the team that you, they it used to be I think uh, Toronto have, looks good. Toronto, we, we, good we don't have to worry about Toronto because they're not going to make it past the first round. Anyway. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Then there's the Florida Panthers, who are as green when it comes to playoff performance and playoff experience as we are. Right, right. They don't have as much either. I mean, they have high-powered offense. I like the build of their yeah. team, but they're just as experienced as us. You're right about that yeah. very much. And then there's the Bruins. Out of, all, out of all four teams in the Atlantic, the team that scares me the most is the Boston Bruins. And I think we can take them. Yeah, I think we can take them. I'm so, not. I'm not as scared as them as I used we, to be. If we, the easiest path to the conference final might be to finish uh, in a wild card spot and end up on the Atlantic side of the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the. You don't have to play Carolina. If we play Carolina, we're done. That's it. I. No, I but if, if you if you play a metropolitan division opponent, you're going to play either the Carolina Hurricanes, who are one of, probably a top three team in the league at the moment. Everyone said that they weren't, and I'm like, what? No, they are. They are. This is the be- This is. I'm like. I'm. I, in the beginning of the season, I I predicted them to win the division. I'm like, you no. guys are nuts for saying that these are a fraudulent. They are, team. This is a good. They team. are young, and they have the playoff experience. My gosh! Like, yeah. They, that first line is insane. I yeah. love I love Aho. Aho's such a damn good player. Marty Natchez is a great player. Sergachev, 
Uh, sorry, uh, Svechnikov. Sorry, Roman Svechnikov. Right. Svechnikov, he's a pest. That one. Svechnikov, oh, great oh my player. God. Uh, Seth Jarvis on that team. Yeah, he's, he's and D'Angelo is playing out of his mind on offense yeah. this year. He's not there yet, but he's getting there. Look, the Carolina Hurricanes are a dangerous team. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. Yeah, you know they're gonna fall off one of these days. But I've been saying that for five years, man. I've been talking about how the Penguins and Capitals are going to drop off because they're getting old. Ever since, ever since we lost to Tampa in the conference final. And <laughs> since then, the Penguins and the Capitals have won three cups combined. Yeah. It, and they are getting older, but it's not stopping them. Malkin, Crosby, Backstrom, Ovechkin, they are still playing at that elite level. Did you, did you see Ovechkin's numbers this season? He's set, well, he's... He's behind Kreider in goals, but I mean, he's still scoring at a wicked pace, probably. Yeah, he is. He, Kreider is 33. Ovechkin is 29. <laughs> Alex Ovechkin, let me, let me, let me, let me look up his numbers because I want to see how old he is. He's 36 years old. He has 29 goals and 29 assists in 45, in 46 games for 58 points. That's incredible. Incredible. Man is aging like, I mean, fine he, wine. Fine like, wine. His career average point per game is 1.378. His point per game this season, 1.260. That's that's a at 36, that's a drop-off. I will I will gladly sign for if if I'm a player. Oh, also, he hasn't he hasn't registered any points in his last four games, so he's due. Yeah. Yep. He's he's pointless for four games, and he still has these ridiculous numbers. What that's a big that's a bigger that's a bigger, break? That's a bigger cold break. streak than Kreider has had this this season. Yeah, that's gosh. Yeah, Ovechkin doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. Neither does Malkin. Malkin coming back from injury. Crosby either. I, I mean, those teams you can't count them out ever until until they call until those players call it quits. You're yeah. not going to count them out. Exactly. And, and look at the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks never won a cup, but they were contenders for over a decade with Pavelski, Marlowe, Thornton, Couture. Um, uh, Dan Boyle on that team. Yeah. Yep. You know, they were contenders for, for a decade, you know, and nobody bet against them for a decade because everyone thought eventually they were going to win. They were, they were going to win a cup. Yeah. Everyone thought it, that. Yeah. It was inevitable. It was like the next team, the next, Coupleless team that's going to win one is going to be the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, yeah. for for a decade. Um, but to wrap it up, um, and this is just to to drive it home, the power play for the Rangers this season twenty five point nine percent. It is the second highest in franchise history, behind only the nineteen seventy seven nineteen seventy eight Rangers. And that's that team went to the Cup. The uh, no, they went to the Cup final in seventy nine. I think. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know one of those, I know they went a lot in the seventies, I think. I think 71 and 79. Okay. Um, Well, not a lot, two times. No, no, but the seventies, you know, 72, I think Hatfield had a, had a broken ankle uh, with like 15 or 16 games to go. Oh, if Hatfield and Rattel had had over a hundred points that season and uh, Gilbert ended with, I think 97. Wow. That line put up put up three hundred points that season. It's incredible, and they, and they didn't make it. They didn't win a cup that year. That's unbelievable. Anyway, 
second best season in franchise history when it comes to the power play just to put things that's into awesome. perspective that's awesome um Kreider 33 goals ties Bill Cook in 1926-27 and Rod Gilbert in 71-72 and then the other one and this is my favorite stat for the season you know power play goals after 47 games Chris Kreider has 17 Camille Henry in 57-58 at 16 Hatfield 71-72 at 16 then there's Dion and Verbeek with 14 and then Gardner LaRouche and Camille Henry twice with 13. Hmm. So Kreider is, is, is doing something this season, cup or not, if, if Kreider keeps this up, even if he slows down a little bit, Kreider is having a season that Ranger fans are going to talk about for decades. This is the equivalent of Adam Graves in 93, 94. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I like seeing this because I've never seen, you know, these goal scoring records ever. We'd, I've never seen a heart, uh, um, a heart trophy winner or a, a Maurice Richard winner on my team. The last time a Ranger led the league in, 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 in goals at the end of the season was 41 42. That's insane. Man. It was Lynn Patrick. Wow. So I, no Ranger has ever won the Rocket Richard trophy. Kreider, you got to do it this year, man. If it's, if it's not going to happen this year, oof. He might fall short like Yager in 2006. Because Yager was, I think, one, two points and one goal away from winning the Richard and, and the, um, and the Ardross Trophy that year. It, Jonathan Chichu won the Rocket Richard. And I think yeah, because he Thornton, was playing with Joe Thornton. I think Joe Thornton won the Ardross and the MVP that year. Yeah, he, he had to have. All right. Well, I mean, that does it for us here on the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Stephen, thanks again for joining us. Um, we want oh, to see oh, better. Quick one. Uh, Go ahead. Brennan Othman scored his 30th goal earlier this week. Oh, okay. All right. So, first, what is he going to be the next Kreider? No, well, maybe. Maybe he has, some, he doesn't have the skating of Kreider, but he has the net fund presence that he, uh, you know, he, well, he scores good. a lot of goals from, from, from from like up like in front of the net so um but yeah uh offman 30 goals um i looked it up his goals per game average is the 10th highest since since 2000 by a player in his d plus one season in the ohl nice and not bad not bad for a player who was deemed to have a lack of offensive growth yeah they they all those analytical models that project that he's not going to become an nhl player I don't know what the standard is for that. How you calculate that? I think he's, I think he's going to play in the NHL this year. In ooh, this year. See, his his contract is slight eligible, so he can play up to nine games. Okay. Um, okay. I see. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like his, uh, Anderson Heedle, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Once his once his season ends with the Flint Firebirds. And we are still playing. Why not call him up for a couple of games? And if see there's an injury, happen? if there's an injury, hell yeah, get him up here. Even if there isn't an injury, if you're still in the regular season and you have already clinched, and you're going to rest a player like Panarin. Yeah. I'm exactly. not saying put him in the top six. I'm just saying move some people up to the top six and put him on the third line. You know, play in the playoffs? Are they, uh, is he allowed to play in the playoffs? Yeah, he can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they will. Like because then, they, then they burn a year of his, of his contract. With Kreider, uh, with Kreider, it was just one, one game and, and it counted because his wasn't slight eligible at the time. But yeah, Othman... If his if his season ends before the Rangers, why not give him a couple of games and see what you have? What's, yeah. the, worst, what's the worst that can happen? Right. 
maybe do the same thing with Kravtsov. I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. You know the last Ranger to score in his NHL debut? Uh, JT Miller? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, in his NHL debut or his Rangers debut? NHL debut. Oh, Braden Schneider. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry. So before the before Braden Schneider, prior uh, to this season. Uh, it's it's another first round pick, by the way. In his NHL debut. Um it wasn't JT Miller, so what was it after him? It was after him, yeah. The most recent one I'm looking for. Ooh. Oh, was it Lee Anderson? Yep, there you go. Oh my gosh, yes, that's right. That's right, yes. I think I watched that one live. I I, I yeah. might have caught that one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was against the Capitals. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah that's that's crazy. Yeah, I com- I almost forgot about that one completely. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, so but okay. Knows? Ice cold Maybe. take of the week. Get get Brendan Othman on the Rangers for the second half of the season for Definitely. what is it, nine games? Nine games. He can play nine games without it affecting his contract status. Yeah, we'll keep that. Yeah, keep that three years going, you know. You got that slide. We'll use we'll use them in the in the bottom six next year. I I, th- right. I think I think they're going to play him next year. He has nothing left to learn in the OHL. Yeah, he looks. I I'm I'm sure you've seen him more than anybody. I think I'm sure he looks good. I think he's ready. I yeah. guess. All yeah. right. It, it sucks that he's not eligible for the AHL next season because he's too young. Uh huh. He was born January fifth. If he was if he was born six days earlier, he would have been eligible for the AHL next season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he's probably going to play in the World Juniors next season, though for for Team Canada. We'll we'll see what what Drury has in mind for him. We'll see. They were they are obviously very pumped to have drafted him. Well, were, it was also Drury's first ever draft pick as a GM. So yes, yeah, so they're going to give him so many chances. I wouldn't be surprised if they let this kid. Tried out and Hoffman yeah. is, is the start of Drury's legacy. Hopefully, like the, first, it's a good legacy. the first movie made well after trading away Butchnevich. All right. Well, anyways, there you go. There's there's uh ice cold take for the week. Um, thanks for joining, Stephen. As always, it's a pleasure talking hockey with you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at the Boys and Blue 94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't. Stay here